Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Shalom, everyone. This is Minister Dick Gentile, and I'm here by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ with another installment of Lord in Christ Radio. Today's date is uh, Tuesday, October 3rd, 2017, and I am podcasting from the beautiful city of Rochester, New York known as the Flower City. And this is, I believe, yes, this is my eighth episode, by the grace of God. And I am so excited to be here with you tonight, this evening. I'm excited about tonight's show, because I will be picking up in this show where I left off in the last show, and that is reading from the book, Secret to an Open Door, Igniting a Passion for the Lost, by David A. Morell of the Gideons International. And I read the first 30 pages, or up to page 30, which covered the first three chapters during the last podcast episode that I was blessed to record, which was on Friday. I believe the date was September 22nd. I've been under the weather since the following uh, Saturday. So... This was the first episode I've recorded since then. I'm still a little under the weather, so I may cough here or there. Uh, Lord willing, I won't <coughs> see like that. But by the grace of God, I'm here. Uh, the Lord has given me the strength to produce this episode, and I will do my very best to be as professional as possible during this episode. Um. So Lord in Christ Radio was established in July of this year, or I'm sorry, June of this year, and it is an extension of Lord in Christ Ministries. And it was last year that the Lord laid it on my heart to establish Lord in Christ Ministries. And the name of the ministry comes from Acts 2.38, which says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And that was the Apostle Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost, or Shavuot, to the Jews that had come into Jerusalem from all throughout the Roman Empire. And by the Lord's grace, um, our mission uh, through Lord and Christ uh, ministries or with Lord and Christ Ministries, is to fulfill the Great Commission as Christ commanded in Mark 16, 15, which says, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Now, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ was given to the Apostle Paul, and it's recorded in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, verses 3 and 4, but I'm going to read the first four verses. 
Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Now this also includes preaching about the eternal sonship of Christ as well as God's eternal wrath manifesting in the form of hell and eternal conscious torment in the lake of fire apart from Christ's, apart from believing in Christ's or trusting in Christ's atoning sacrifice. And also by obeying the directives laid out by the Lord Jesus Christ and Matthew 29:19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The ultimate goal of everything is to that I do really and everyone that's a part of Lord and Christ Ministries is to bring the maximum amount of glory to our Heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And we do this primarily by doing or through open-air compassion evangelism, which is where we go out, we share the gospel openly, and we also attempt to meet people's practical needs. So food, clothing, shelter, housing, case management work, whatever we can do to lighten people's load, to lighten people's burden in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, always putting the focus on Christ, always bringing it back to the gospel message. No matter what we do, we always bring what we do back to the gospel. We make it clear why we do what we do, and that is for the glory of Jesus Christ with the hopes of that person being drawn into the kingdom by the love that we show by the goodness that we demonstrate, because it's the goodness of God that leadeth to repentance. So we pray that we know God is completely sovereign when it comes to salvation and people getting saved, saved from the wrath of God. And we hope that by showing his goodness to other people, by demonstrating his goodness to other people, his love, his compassion, loving kindness, patience, what have you, that the Lord will use that to draw them into his kingdom, to deliver them from the kingdom of darkness or domain of darkness, and to transfer them into the kingdom of the Father's dear Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, now, in June of this year, as I said before, the Lord convicted me to start this podcast um, as an extension of the ministry and to call it Lord and Christ Radio. That was the natural uh, title. That was the, It made perfect sense to call it that uh, because it's an extension of Lord and Christ Ministries. The main focus of the show is to also fulfill the Great Commission to the best of my ability in this capacity by preaching the gospel message with the hopes of reaching the lost and helping to edify or build up, convict, bless, and exhort the body of Christ to action while equipping the brethren in any way that I can by the Lord's grace to not only be the best evangelists or soul winners and apologists, as we see in 1 Peter 3.15, Jude the third verse, they can become, but to provide them with the best tools possible that will help them to disciple others. So basically to share what they learn from me with other people, to equip them to be able to do that to other people as I'm doing it to them. And one of my main focuses with this podcast, and the Lord laid this on my heart very powerfully, very clearly, placed this in my mind, in my soul, 
Um, one of my main focuses is on interviewing people in order to get their salvation stories or testimonies out to the masses as an encouragement to and for the edification of Christians and as a witness to the lost because we know we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So that's the main idea behind that. And there's a powerful ministry on YouTube called Precious Testimonies. And people just give their testimonies of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done in their lives. And it's a powerful ministry, man. It's really touched my life, so I've been influenced by that. Um, so praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So may our Heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit receive the maximum amount of glory from this podcast. And so now, without further ado, I'm going to pick up where I left off, and I'm going to attempt to read at least 30 pages, or at least to the end of the chapter between... If, if, so like I said last time in the last podcast... If, so, you know, let me look at this. So, chapter 4 starts on page 31. Let's see. I wanted to read up to between 60 and 65, depending on where the chapter ends. Okay. So, chapter 6 begins on page 57. Then I'm going to read until there. I'm going to read until page 57. So, it's going to be less than 30 pages, because my hope was to read 30, 30, and then 37, or 32, 32, and 34. Um, but... You know, I like to end <clears throat> at the end of a chapter. So instead of picking up at 57, because it goes from 57 to, I believe, 76, um, I'm just going to hold off on reading beyond um, page 57 and just uh, end it at page 56, I should say, which is the end of chapter 5. So... Yeah, 56 is the end of chapter 5, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read until the end of chapter 5, so I'm going to cover two chapters today. And I may break this up into two additional shows, or I may read the rest of the book in the next podcast episode. Lord willing, I get another opportunity to produce a podcast episode. But at least I'll be reading to page 56, the end of chapter 5, and um, between the first two podcast episodes where I'm reading from Secret to an Open Door, Igniting a Passion for the Lost, you'll at least get the first five chapters of the book read for you. And I'm going to place a link in the description section of this podcast episode when I turn it into a video um, because I turn all of my podcast episodes into videos and I put them on my YouTube channel for this podcast, which is Lord and Christ Radio. And I also have a Facebook page for this podcast called Lord and Christ Radio. And um, I've, I actually typed up this book, and I have it up online. So what I'm going to do is in the description section of this video, just like for the first episode, I'm going to put the link to the e-book the e version of this book in the description section of this video, and you can read it for yourself. But, um, you know, different people like different things. Some people like to read, other people like to listen to it being read, um, and so there you go. So you'll have some options. So without further ado, let me get started. I'm picking up on page 31, and this is the start of chapter 4. Okay, praise be to the Lord Jesus Christ. So, the Bible revealing the mystery. Prayer moves the hand of God, who then begins to unveil the mystery of the gospel. 
Another element crucial to revealing the mystery of the gospel is the word of God. In chapter 1, we saw that the devil has blinded the minds of the unbeliever. You know what? Hold on one second. Before I get into reading, I do want to start. I want to pray. And that's something I, w- I want to do before every um, pod, before I get into the content or the subject matter or the topic for every podcast. So let me start by praying, and then I will um, start over and go from there and read to page 56, which is the end of chapter 5. So, Heavenly Father, I come before your sovereign throne in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and for his glory. And, Father, I pray that, uh, first of all, you'll anoint the reading of this book, that, uh, Lord, that no mistakes will be made, that I will pronunciate the words clearly, that everyone who hears this podcast will be convicted by what they hear. They'll take full advantage of what they learn. They'll implement it, and they will use it to save souls. Of course, they will trust, Lord, that you are the one who saves the souls, but they will be, they'll make themselves available for you to use them in a mighty and powerful way, Heavenly Father, to be soul winners. And, Lord, to lead people into your kingdom, uh, to be the light of the world and salt of the earth that you have commanded them to be. Lord, and I pray this for myself as well. I just pray, Father, for everyone who hears this to be granted great wisdom, to be blessed, to be edified, to be exhorted to action, to be convicted, to be conformed a little bit more to the image of Christ. And for any person who does not know your son, (laughs) that they will come to a saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ by hearing what they hear in this podcast, Lord. Because time is short, and today is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. Now is the appointed time. Today is the day of salvation, Lord. And I pray that whoever hears this that does not know Jesus Christ, your son, as Lord and Savior, will come to know him through this podcast episode or any of the previous seven podcast episodes that you have blessed me to create for your glory and the glory of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, please touch the people who listen to this, touch their minds, touch their hearts, touch their souls, and draw them into your kingdom if they don't know Christ and conform them more to the image of Christ if they do know Christ. And give them a greater zeal or passion for soul winning, Lord, because it's he who winneth souls that is wise. And so I pray that everyone who hears this will be a soul winner, Lord. You'll make them into the best soul winners they can become. And you give them a great fear of the Lord, for it is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. And um, they'll implement the techniques. They'll implement the, the information in this book for the glory of Jesus Christ and the salvation of those that are lost. And I just pray for all of these things. Commit all of these things, Father, to you in your hands, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and for his glory. Amen. Okay, so, chapter 4. The Bible, Revealing the Mystery. And again, the name of the book is Secret to an Open Door, Igniting a Passion for the Lost, by David A. Morell. Prayer moves the hand of God who then begins to unveil the mystery of the gospel. Another element crucial to revealing the mystery of the gospel is the word of God. In chapter 1, we saw that the devil has blinded the minds of the unbeliever. With that in mind, consider the following verse. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, 
enlightening the eyes. Psalm 19.8. Here we see that God's word enlightens or opens the eyes of the unbeliever, so they are no longer blind. We also saw in chapter 1 that the gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing. Again, consider the following. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Psalm 119, 130. Here we see that God's word gives understanding so that the foolish gospel may be understood. Whether the unbeliever hears the spoken word or whether he simply reads it, the Bible begins to reveal the mystery of the gospel. The word of God is living and powerful. When we are confronted with God's holy word, it brings to light the truth in our thoughts and intentions. God's word bears the very heart of men. This is all confirmed in the following passage. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 Since the word of God is such a crucial element in revealing the mystery of the gospel, how important is it that we spend time in God's word? We are men and women of the book. We need the daily routine of the Gideon Bible reading calendar to soak up God's holy word. We must study the Bible carefully. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15 God is looking for Gideon and auxiliary soldiers in this battle for the eternal souls of unbelievers. Soldiers who have studied and are ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. 1 Peter 3.15 the word is a weapon. An offensive weapon in this battle for souls is the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Ephesians 6.12 In Matthew chapter 4, verses 1-10, through 10, we read that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. It would be wise for us to take careful note of the ensuing battle. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40, nights and 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, 
In him only shall you serve. Matthew 4, 1 through 10. In all three cases where Jesus was tempted by the devil, he said, it is written. Then he quoted scripture. If Jesus fought the spiritual battle by quoting God's holy word, should we do any less? The word of God quoted during personal witnessing has a profound impact upon the unbeliever. It does not return void. This brings us to a theme verse of the Gideons. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Isaiah 55:11. Now the very fact that God's word does not return void means that it doesn't always bring forth warm results. His word is sharp as a two-edged sword and brings forth conviction of sin. This is a positive thing when witnessing, but the unbeliever's response to that conviction may not always be positive. When you share the gospel of Jesus Christ, there is no way of knowing what the unbeliever's reaction will be. You are, in a nice way, telling them that they are a sinner in desperate need of a Savior. We must realize that we are not responsible for bringing forth warm results. We are responsible for bringing people to a realization of their need for a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the very essence of personal witnessing. Quoting God's word is so powerful that the devil is going to try to sidetrack you. Sometimes unbelievers will say, stop quoting the Bible. I don't believe that book anyway. We may be tempted to try to win them by using our reasoning or concepts outside of the Bible. One well-known and respected pastor, when confronted in this way, said, I just keep quoting the Bible anyway. The reason is found in the passages above. God's word is alive, it is powerful, and it will not return void. Resist the temptation to find other ways and continue lovingly sharing God's holy word. The importance of memorization. Since quoting God's word is such an important weapon in this battle for souls, it follows then that it is very important to know and memorize God's word. The Gideon scripture memorization packets are designed to facilitate scripture memorization. They contain verses for presenting the gospel message and verses that provide answers to the unbeliever's questions. Memorizing scripture will certainly make you a more effective witness. You may be thinking, I just can't memorize anything. However, I believe you can. Picture yourself driving down the road alone in your car. A song comes on the radio that you really enjoy, and you just start singing along. Guess what? You memorize something, and you didn't even realize it. The fact is, anyone can memorize God's word. It is simply a matter of repetition. Anything you say enough times or listen to enough times will be committed to memory. One way to memorize a Bible verse is to read it over and over again onto a cassette tape. This repetition begins the memorization process. Then play the tape back and listen to it over and over. Next, repeat the verse along with the tape. Before you know it, the verse is memorized. Another good way is to take the verse and break it down into short phrases. Say one phrase over and over again. <clears throat> when you have it down, go on to the next verse. Apply a little discipline, and before you know it, the verse is memorized. 
Finally, it is good to repeat Bible verses weekly for a while so that you do not forget them. As a side note, you will gain much more benefit from scripture memorization than simply being a better witness for Christ. This will greatly improve your spiritual life as well. Note the following passages from God's word. Therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Deuteronomy 11.18 This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Joshua 1.8 But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Psalm chapter, Psalm 1, 2 and 3. Two of these passages refer to meditating day and night on God's word. The easiest, perhaps only, way we can do this is by committing scripture to memory. When we meditate day and night on God's word, we will prosper, have good success, and be like a tree planted near water, bearing fruit and not withering. Also, we are less likely to sin if we hide God's word in our hearts. Psalm 119.11 says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. There are numerous reasons to memorize scripture not the least of which is that scripture itself tells us to do so. As a Christian, your personal relationship with Jesus Christ will certainly be enhanced. As previously stated, personal witnessing will be easier because the Holy Spirit will bring these verses to memory at the proper time. Jesus said, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. John 14, 26. The power of the word to save. Finally, and most importantly, is the power of God's word to save the lost soul. The following verses stress the importance of God's word in bringing people to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. The law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. Psalm 19.7 Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. 1 Peter 1.23 Also, Scripture plainly tells us that we are saved by grace through faith, and faith comes by hearing the word of God. 4. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 13 through 17. A major Protestant denomination conducted a survey of 
1,350 people who were baptized between October 1st, 1992 and September 30th, 1993. All were age 18 or older. One question on the survey included 11 potential items that influenced the person's decision to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. The respondents could list more than one item as making a major contribution to their conversion. Attending church worship services was the number one influence, listed by 76.9% of those surveyed. The second most commonly named influence, reading the Bible on your own, was listed by 57.5% of the respondents. This can only underscore the power of God's holy word to reveal the mystery of the gospel and bring people to Christ. A testimony. The following story points out the importance of sharing God's word when he opens a door of opportunity. It was God's word and the Holy Spirit that caused this young man to come to Christ. For the Bible is the implanted word or engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. James 1.21 A carpenter was driving home after a long but satisfying day at work. He was contemplating the fine work he had accomplished on the home that he was building. Suddenly, he passed by a hitchhiker. God spoke to his heart. What have you done for me lately? He realized that God was telling him to pick up the young man, so he stopped. The young man got into his car, and they drove off down the road. The carpenter began a conversation, and the hitchhiker's first words were, I sure am glad to be out of prison. The carpenter wondered if he had made a mistake. He looked for his Bible, which he usually kept on the dash of his truck, but it wasn't there. The young man asked, What are you looking for? He replied, My Bible. The young man reached in his duffel bag, pulled out a Gideon New Testament, and said, You mean like this? Yes, replied the carpenter. I got it in prison, he said. The young man admitted, that he wasn't saved, so the carpenter asked him to read John 3.16. He guided him to the location of the passage, and the young man read the verse out loud. What does that mean to you? asked the carpenter. I don't get it, he replied. Read it again, said the carpenter. So the young man read the verse out loud again. Now do you understand it, he asked. The puzzled young man said no. Read it again, said the carpenter. The young man read John 3.16 aloud for a third time, and something wonderful happened. With tears streaming down his face, the young man said, Now I understand. Jesus died for me too. They stopped the truck, and the young man bowed his head and prayed to receive Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. Hallelujah. Consider this. The Gideon PWT is the Word of God and a New Testament with Psalms and Proverbs that is pocket-sized so it can always be with you. Since we are born again through the Word of God, 1 Peter 1, 23, then the one book an unbeliever needs to read is the Bible. However, it is normally the last book that they want to read, so we have a dilemma. The Gideons International has solved this dilemma with the help section in the front of the New Testament. Most unbelievers actually welcome the PWT 
after they have seen the references that help solve their problems in life. This draws them to read God's word and helps facilitate their coming to Christ. Think about the testimonies you have heard of someone reading the Bible in prison, a hotel room, or a college dorm, and giving their life to Christ. They were simply born again through the word of God, 1 Peter 1.23. So, use the PWT when you are witnessing and trust the power of God's word to do what you cannot do, save their soul. In summary, we have discussed several truths about God's holy word. It reveals the mystery of the gospel to unbelievers. Combined with the Holy Spirit, God's word brings sin to light, causes conviction over that sin, and points the unbeliever to a need for a savior. Also, God's word is an offensive weapon in this battle for the souls of unbelievers. Finally, saving faith comes by hearing the word of God. Thus, it is crucial for us to study and be equipped with God's word, so the Holy Spirit can bring it to our remembrance at the proper time. Then, <laughs> we shall become effective soul winners. If you are still unsure of the power of God's word in evangelism, then review the following scriptures prayerfully. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Psalm 19.7 Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. 1 Peter 1.23 Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? Jeremiah 23.29 Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted or engrafted word which is able to save your souls. James 1.21 And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 3.15 So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Isaiah 55.11 Chapter 5, starting on page 47. Faith, stepping out of the comfort zone. We have seen that prayer and God's word are two important weapons in this battle for the soul of the unbeliever. Yet, up to this point, all is in vain unless we step out in faith. Let's face it, it's often uncomfortable to share our faith with an unbeliever. But we are to be men and women of faith. Here is an empowering revelation for you. God does not want us in our comfort zone. That is what faith is all about. For we walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5.7 One day, I read this passage and it became abundantly clear to me that much of my life I have walked, or I had walked, by sight and not by faith. As I pondered this, I realized that God had often called me out of my comfort zone and I was unwilling to go. I didn't want to witness to my neighbor, even though I could sense God telling me I should. I didn't want to stop and help that stranded motorist. Yet, for miles after, 
that gnawing sense stayed with me. Yes, God wanted to use me to share the gospel, but I was afraid to walk by faith. I wasn't sure what to say, and I didn't trust God to give me the words. I wanted to walk by sight. The apostle Peter got out of his comfort zone when he stepped out of the boat. Then he walked on water. Now that's faith. Everyone wants to walk on water, but no one wants to get out of the boat. That's outside of the comfort zone. Moses said no to God four times before he finally answered the call to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. Moses wanted to stay in his comfort zone. Let's look at one of those four excuses. Then Moses said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I, the Lord? Now therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth, and teach you what you shall say. Exodus 4, 10-12 Moses wasn't sure what to say, and he didn't trust God to give him the words. Isn't it interesting what God said to him? Now therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth, and teach you what you shall say. God promised Moses that he would give him the very words that he should speak. But Moses didn't believe him. In order to receive the promise, we have to step out in faith, believing the promise. The word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Hebrews 4.2 Let's look at another example in the Old Testament character of our namesake, Gideon. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Judges chapter 6, verses 14 through 16. Gideon took a step of faith and defeated the Midianites, just as God had said. He went forth in faith. But faith based on what? On the promise of God. Surely, I will be with you. Now, maybe you're saying, yeah, but he had a direct, clear, and precise promise from God. If I had that same promise, I would be willing to get out of my comfort zone and take a step of faith. Dear saints, we have that exact same promise from God when it comes to personal witnessing. He will be with us. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. When it comes to personal witnessing or making disciples, Jesus promised that he will be with us always. So now we must simply be willing to get out of our comfort zone 
and take a step of faith. When we do, God will give us the words to share just as he has promised. As I began to learn that God would put his words in my mouth, some exciting things started to happen. One night I was working late, cramming for a work-related exam. The janitor was making his rounds and came by my office. We exchanged some pleasantries. He vacuumed my office and then was on his way. The thought, watch this now, had crossed my mind. He is a really nice guy. I wonder if he's a Christian. I continued studying for the exam until after 9 p.m. And finally, I couldn't keep my eyes open any longer. I grabbed my briefcase and headed for the elevator. As I did, the janitor walked by and said, Calling it an evening, I said, Yes, and, on the, and jumped on the elevator. Then God spoke to my heart, Go and witness to him. Now, I was really out of my comfort zone. All I could think of was going home and going to bed. I was really fighting God. Besides, what would I say? Finally, realizing that <clears throat> excuse me, finally realizing that this was not an excuse, I headed toward the direction I saw him last. I prayed, "Oh Lord, I'll go, but you will have to give me the words." As I walked up to him, I caught him by surprise and startled him. He said, "Can I help you?" Still waiting on God, my mind was totally blank, except for my earlier thought. So I said, I was wondering, you seem to be a really nice guy. Are you a Christian? The most amazing thing happened. He hung his head and said, no, but my wife and I have been thinking about finding a church. Well, this began the most wonderful conversation, and I was able to share the gospel with him. God will give us the word. Often they are simply the very thoughts we are thinking, as seen above. Those thoughts come from the Holy Spirit of God. It will be as natural as carrying on a conversation if we are praying and trusting God. We will become like Moses when we finally answered the call to go. God was with him and gave him the words to say. But we must be willing to get out of the comfort zone and take that step of faith. It is well worth noting one more element in this story. Some people have told me, you really shouldn't ask someone if they are a Christian. Many unbelievers consider themselves to be a Christian, since they do not feel they are Hindu, Buddhist, or Muslim. I agree that this is true. The question may force you to explain exactly who or what is a Christian. It can then put the unbeliever in the awkward position of having to defend himself and bog down the conversation. So, normally it would not be wise to ask someone if they are a Christian. We're almost done, folks. However, we must not be trapped in a mold. I have read and heard about many witnessing techniques, and most of them are good. But remember, they are simply techniques while salvation is of God. Only God knows what needs to be shared with any one individual. That is why walking by faith and trusting the Holy Spirit to bring to mind the right words is so very important. Jesus said, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. John fourteen twenty six. Finally, 
it would be helpful to look at the great prophet of God, Jeremiah. He was used by God to proclaim a very difficult message of doom to the people of Israel. Jeremiah was even considered by many of his <clears throat> excuse me, by many people of his day to be a traitor. But he faithfully carried the message of God under circumstances far more difficult than you and I will likely face in our evangelistic efforts. <clears throat> Sometimes we look at these Old Testament characters as larger than life or bigger than life or as something supernaturally beyond you and I. But according to James, they were ordinary people just like us. For Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. James 5.17. This should give us great hope. Consider Jeremiah's excuse in the following passage. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you, to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. Jeremiah was afraid to get out of his comfort zone. He didn't feel capable. But God said, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. After God had spoken, Jeremiah had just enough faith to believe that he would give him the words to say, and thus the great success of his ministry. Last page. The resounding question is, do we have enough faith to believe God? If we stay committed to prayer, we can trust him to be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. Exodus 4.12 We can trust him to be with you always, even to the end of the age or the end of the world. Matthew 28, 20. When we get out of our comfort zone, we too will experience God. Put my words in your mouth. Jeremiah 1, 9. And finally, don't forget that the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. John fourteen twenty six. Are we willing to get out of our comfort zone and walk by faith, not by sight? 2 Corinthians 5.7 If you are still not sure that God will put his words in your mouth, then may I suggest that you meditate carefully on the following scripture passage. As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them, my spirit who is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord. From this time and forevermore, Isaiah 59:21. So, folks, I'm ending there. That's the end of chapter 5. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. That's powerful. And, again, I'm going to provide a link to the ebook version of this book in the description section of this podcast episode when I turn it into a video. You can, and I'm going to upload it onto YouTube. Um, the name of the YouTube channel for this podcast is Lord and Christ Radio. So you can check out all the episodes with the exception of the introductory episode or the introduction episode because it was, it was very short. It's not really interesting, so I didn't upload that one. or I didn't create a video or turn that into a video and then upload it. Um, but episodes two through seven 
and this one, episode eight, you will find on Lord and Christ Radio on YouTube, on the Lord and Christ Radio YouTube channel, as well as on Facebook, Lord and Christ Radio. So if you look them up on YouTube and Facebook, you'll find Lord and Christ Radio. You'll find the podcast episodes. You can check them out. And like I said, the ebook version of this book will be in the description section of episode seven. It is in the description section of episode seven and will be in the description section of episode eight and nine and possibly ten if I create a tenth episode um, with the focus on this book. If I if I take this book and split up the rest of the book into two episodes as opposed to one, we'll see. I may read the rest of the book in the next episode or split it up into two episodes because there's another 41 pages remaining. So I don't think I'm going to read that in one episode. That would take a while um, longer than I'd like it to for one episode or, or for uh, one reading. So, <coughs> excuse me. So I'm probably going to split it up into two episodes and make it easier on you, uh, more importantly than myself. But, um, yeah, if you, you know, the, the Gideon PWT and the, um, the Gideon's uh, New Testament slash Proverbs and Psalms books or Psalms and Proverbs booklets or books, um, you can actually get them from Gideon's International. If you sign up, become a friend of the Gideon's International Society um, or Gideon's International they will send you free New Testament slash Psalms and Proverbs books with the uh, all with the help section, you know. Um, and in and we're going to get to this that part of this book where you're going to see. Okay, if you have anxiety, here are scriptures for anxiety. Uh, lust, here are scriptures to help you deal with lust, loneliness, uh, bitterness, unforgiveness, so on and so forth. So. The help section helps you with that. All the different practical problems we face in life, the help section will help you with that. There's a scripture or scriptures for everything, every problem we face in life. And that's what the help section is. That's what, what was referred to in the, in the book. And you'll find it in these little, and I'm pretty sure everyone or most people uh, have seen these uh, little New Testament slash Psalms and Proverbs books. Um, you know, if you've done any witnessing, You've probably seen these books, but I signed up, you know, paying $10 a month. I'm, I'm, um, a, I'm partnered with them for $10 a month, and um, in return, you get 12 free, <laughs> excuse me, New Testament slash Psalms and Proverbs books over the course of a year in addition to the book that I'm currently reading, Secret to an Open Door, or Secret to an Open Door. So it's powerful, man, and... So that's where you'll get all that information from, all the stuff that was mentioned, the Gideon's PWT and these New Testament Psalms and Proverbs books, um, as well as a free copy of Secret to an Open Door, Igniting a Passion from For the Lost by David A. Morell. Um, so praise God. Uh, you know, for those who hear this, you know, listen to this, listen to these episodes over and over again and read the book for yourself as many times as possible. Because this is a powerful book, man. I would say, in my opinion, this is arguably the most powerful um, book focused on soul winning apart from or next to Scripture that I've ever read uh, for various reasons. It deals with the sovereignty of God and salvation. It deals with praying different Scriptures. It deals with stepping out of your comfort zone. 
and various other things that make it so powerful. And just the scriptures that are used and the fact that it takes the, the really the burden off your shoulders to have to come up with the right words, it really stresses and emphasizes sticking with the Word of God because the Word of God is a two-edged sword, that the Word of God is powerful. It is very, very powerful, and it's not going to return void. It's going to accomplish whatever the Lord has willed for it to accomplish. So with me personally, I can tell you that as not only an evangelist but as an apologist, if I'm quoting the Word of God to someone or if I'm standing on the Word and they have that attitude of, well, I don't believe in the Bible or you know, they try to come up with an argument to throw you off, you're tempted to, and I know in the past I've tried to come up with my own arguments and based on my own wisdom, or uh, come up with some, really, with some zingers really to catch them or to be able to contend with what they're saying using my own wisdom instead of continuing and sticking with the Word of God. But this book has really encouraged me to no matter what, stay with the Word of God, stay quoting the Word of God. Don't deviate from it when an unbeliever challenges you. That's one of the things about this book that I really love, the emphasis on reverence toward the Word of God and the importance of sticking to the Word of God, standing on the Word of God no matter what anyone says to you. To, you know, they're going to try to throw you off because really this is a spiritual war. And it's really the enemy who's manipulating them, who dwells within them, because this really it's the enemy, the spirit of the enemy, uh, that antichrist spirit who dwells within the children of disobedience. So they're going to come up with arguments and an attempt to get you to rely on your own wisdom. You can't do that. Stand on the word of God no matter what. And that's what one of the things this book emphasizes that I really love. That the two main main things would be sovereignty of God and salvation, sovereignty of God and soul winning. You know, the focal point being on God, that Christ, that the Lord has to be at the center of this whole process or has to be at the center of evangelism in, in order for it to be effective, relying on him to give you the right words, wisdom, and everything you need to evangelize in conjunction with standing on the word of God and not deviating from it, no matter what the enemy throws your way through unbelievers. So, and, and being about prayer and praying these prayers found in the word of God, if they were good enough for the apostle Paul... They're definitely good enough for you and I. So let's, uh, let's do what this book says, man, because it's standing on the Word of God. It's not that this book is, is – uh, this book may be anointed, but it's not that this book is canon. It's not that this book is, is the Word of God. It is not the Word of God. But I do feel this is an anointed book in the sense that it just it – is, it comports with the Word of God. It synchronizes with the Word of God. It explains things, it makes things in the Word of God come, come alive. And a book like that, like the book, A More Excellent Way, and I did a podcast episode about the book, A More Excellent Way, I feel that's another anointed book. Not the Word of God, not canon, not, not inspired. This book is not inspired, and Being Health is not inspired. But I do believe they are anointed books um, for God's purposes. And every time I've had a copy of A More Excellent Way in my possession, I felt a piece about it, you know, and I've seen the fruit from that book. In the same way, I feel a piece about this book. I feel, I feel so excited, man. I'm energized. I'm just on fire for evangelism now like I haven't been in a while because the pressure, even though I'm reformed in my view and uh, my soteriology, so I've always been um, a monergist. I've always believed, or for a long time I believed, that God does the saving. 
But at the same time, the evangelistic process has been something that I've really put more on my shoulders than I should have instead of trusting more in God and him giving me the wisdom. Even though I've prayed and I've asked God, you know, Lord, please give me your word. Speak through me. I don't want them to see me or hear me. I want them to see and hear you, Lord Jesus. You still will rely on your own wisdom at times, or that has happened. But in reading this book, it's a real encouragement to, you know what? No. Evangelism is all about the Lord, and you're just a vessel for him to use. You're just making yourself available. Don't get in his way. Let him do what he's going to do. Let him use you, and wonderful things will happen, and souls will be saved. So souls will be delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of the Father's dear Son if you just allow the Lord to use you the way that he wants to use you and you get out of his way. So, again, I'm going to take this podcast episode like I've done with the previous episodes. I'm going to turn it into a video. I'm going to upload it onto YouTube, onto the Lord in Christ radio YouTube channel, and I'm going to share it on the, I'm going to share it to or onto the Lord in Christ radio Facebook page. And you can, when you find this video and episode seven, this is episode eight, when you find episode seven and episode eight, or episodes seven and eight, in the description section, you see a link for this book in an electronic version, electronic version of this book. So read it. You know, memorize the scriptures. Talk about scripture memorization. Memorize these scriptures. Memorize these prayers. And it will revolutionize the way you do evangelism. And so these, again, one of my goals, really, uh, part of the mission statement that I read at the beginning of this podcast, is to help make every believer that tunes into this podcast the best evangelist and apologist or the best soul winner they can become. And that's what these episodes are focused on. Okay? And that's been my mission statement from Jump. That's been the desire of my heart from jump way before I encountered this book. And so this book is perfect. When I got it in the mail and I read it, I was like, oh, praise the Lord, this is what I've been looking for. So as soon as I read it, when I was finished with it, I was like, I have to turn this into pod, uh, podcast episodes. I'll make some episodes out of this book. So that's what I've done by the grace of God, what I'm in the process of doing. And uh, may the Lord Jesus Christ get all the glory. So for those now... For those who tune into this, who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, turn to him today. You see what's going on in the world. You see what happened in Las Vegas, the horrible atrocity that took place there, the shooting, the, the, the murder um, that took place there, all those people that were murdered, all those people that are critically wounded, all those people that have been injured, all the people that have lost family members and friends, loved ones in this heinous act, this egregious act that took place. You know, you see the hurricanes, Hurricane Maria, Hurricane Irma, Hurricane Harvey, um, you know, you see the fires in the Midwest and out west here in the United States. You see, um, you see the monsoon and the flooding in Asia. You see wars and rumors of wars. You see the conflict between the United States and uh, North Korea. You know, like I said, the, the hurricane, the devastation um, that um, Puerto Rico and <clears throat> the, the Virgin Islands and the Florida Keys have experienced, um, it's because we're in the end of the end times. Uh, we're at the beginning of birth pains. You'll read that in, in Matthew 24, verses 6 through 8. Um, you'll read about birth pains, that we're at the beginning of birth pains or beginning of sorrows. 
And you don't know, though, when your life is going to come to an end. You don't know when your last day on earth is going to be. You don't know when you're going to take your last breath. And apart from Christ, you have an expectation of God's divine wrath and indignation, his, his eternal wrath and indignation, because if you die without Christ, you're going to go into a Christless eternity. You're going to suffer. You're going to pay the penalty for your sins, your iniquities, your transgressions. Your sins are those unintentional violations of God's law you've um, committed. Your iniquities would be ungodly attitudes or thoughts. So unforgiveness, bitterness, envy, jealousy, okay, lust. The Bible says if you lust after a woman, if you're a man, or if you're a woman, if you lust after a man in your heart, you've committed adultery. If you have anger without a cause, you have hatred against your brother, you committed murder. So it isn't just about the physical acts. It's the condition of the heart that God looks at. And God doesn't just judge the external appearance. Like with King David, he judges the heart. He looks on the heart of men. He looks on the heart of women, the heart of human beings. And he judges not just your actions, but your motive or your intent. And so that's your iniquity. Now, your transgressions would be intentional violations of God's law. And, you know, I don't have to elaborate. You know what those are. Uh, you at least have an idea or you should know what those are. So, you know what I will. I say you rob a bank, you commit murder, you do something you know to be wrong, okay? You, you take an action or you do something that you know to be wrong. You know it to be wrong. You rob a bank, you commit murder, you steal from someone, you lie, something like that. Those are transgressions of God's law because you know those to be wrong. And those aren't just conditions of the heart. Those are things that, you, that manifest in actions, okay? They manifest in your actions. And so if you don't bow your knee to Christ, if you don't submit to him as your Lord and Savior, if you don't trust in his death, burial, and resurrection alone for your salvation, trusting in him as the Son of God, as your only Savior, as your only hope for eternal life, then you will be judged in your own righteousness. Instead of having his righteousness cover you, you'll be judged in your own righteousness, and you will be found wanting, and you will be cast into the lake of fire ultimately. And that is eternal conscious torment. And there's no, there's no going back. That's it. Your judgment is sealed. For the wrath of God abides over everyone who does not believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of Almighty God, that does not submit to him, that does not trust in him as their Lord and Savior. And you may not like that, and you may see that as manipulation of the highest order and, a, and a, a disgusting threat, and you may see God as a tyrant for commanding such a thing, but this is the provision that God has made for the forgiveness of sins. And this is the provision that God has made for eternal life. And it doesn't matter whether you like it or not. This is what it is. This is the way it is. And I praise God that he opened my eyes eight and a half years ago. It's eight and a half years this month. I'm going to be 32 years old this month. October, and um, this month of October, and it was in April of 2009 that the Lord saved me, that the Lord Jesus Christ came into my life and saved me from God's holy, righteous, holy and righteous wrath and indignation. And so trust in him today. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's a faithful and true or a true and faithful witness. He'll never, never leave you nor forsake you, and he'll give you the power to keep his commandments. And I'm going to be making... Uh, a podcast, at least one about <laughs> episode about the commandments of Christ, because um, I want to deal with that. 
probably more than one, but at least one, uh, Lord willing. But I'm going to place different links to articles about the commandments of Christ in the description section of this podcast episode once it's turned into a video in episode seven. And I want you to read that, take a look at that, and just ask the Lord to empower you. you Trust in him as your Lord and Savior if you haven't, and ask him to empower you to uh, do his will, to keep his commandments, what he commands according to the word of God, according to what we read in the gospel accounts, according to what we read in the New Testament. If you are born again, you know, same thing. Ask the Lord to empower you to keep his commandments. Ask him to give you wisdom on what the commandments of God are, what the commandments of Christ are, what are his specific commandments. And so, yeah, do that. And uh, again, uh, just constantly in prayer, fasting. We all need to do these things. I need to do these things. And uh, be in his word. Because again, the word of God is quick, quick and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the Word of God is powerful, folks. Get into it. Memorize it. Have it become one with your being. And, you know, so it'd be like if you if you scratch yourself, you know, they'll see Scripture. If, if you bleed, you bleed Scripture. Your breath smells like Scripture. You know, and this is for me too, no doubt about it. This is for all of us. We need to be in God's holy word all the time and be obedient to his word. Not just be a hearer, but a doer of the Lord's holy word. So that's what I have to say for tonight, folks. Thank you for tuning in. I praise the Lord Jesus Christ for allowing me to record another episode for his glory. And I'm just going to end this um, episode in prayer. So, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to record another episode, Lord, for your glory and the glory of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that whoever listens to this will be blessed, edified, convicted, and exhorted to action if they know Jesus Christ. If they don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, I pray you'll save them to the uttermost, Lord. You'll, you'll draw them to your Son. They'll be convicted to repent and believe the gospel and have a change of mind about who Jesus is and what he did, that he is the Son of Almighty God, that he is the second person of the Trinity, that he did die for the sins, rise from the dead on their behalf for their justification, did ascend into heaven, and that he is coming back again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end, Lord, that they will trust in him and him alone for their salvation, um, recognizing that his shed blood is the only hope they have, the only hope that they have to have their sins, iniquities, and transgressions washed clean. And uh, that his, him being risen from the dead is the only hope to be justified or made right in your sight. So I just pray for this, Father. I, again, I thank you for allowing me to record this podcast. I pray it will bring great glory to you, Heavenly Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, Lord, and that the believers who tune into this podcast will be convicted, really convicted, like I said, by what they've heard. They'll listen to these podcast episodes um, where I'm reading Secret to an Open Door as many times as possible, Lord, and they'll read the ebook version. They'll join the Gideons International even and get their own physical copy of Secret to an Open Door and these New Testament Psalms and Proverbs books with the help section, Lord, so they can be a mighty witness on your behalf, Lord. But I pray that you will empower everyone who listens to this to be the best 
uh, soul winners they can, evangelists and apologists that they can be. Um, Lord, by your grace, for your glory, always pointing people to the Lord Jesus Christ as man's only Savior. And so I pray that this, that these podcasts will be anointed, that everyone who listens to them will be touched, will be blessed, and that you'll get the glory out of everything that is said in every one of the podcasts that I've recorded. And that through this, through these podcasts that are focused on Secret to an Open Door, souls will be saved. That fruit will come forth. Fruit will be produced. That, you know, there are those that, that uh, plant seeds. There are those that water. But only you can provide the increase. So I pray that that will happen through these podcast episodes, Lord, and, and that a tremendous harvest will come into the kingdom through these episodes. And that Jesus Christ, Father, that he will get all the glory, that you will get all the glory, that the Holy Spirit will get all the glory. So I commit this time to you, this podcast episode, and all the podcast episodes you've blessed me to create. I commit um, all of these things to you into your hands in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and for his glory. Amen. So with that, folks, I'll leave you with the ironic benediction. You can find that <laughs> in Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 through 27 and I put a Christian spin on it. So please receive this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord Jesus Christ bless you and keep you. May the Lord Jesus Christ make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord Jesus Christ lift up his countenance upon you and place his peace within you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and for his glory, shalom. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.